Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, hello everybody and welcome along to what uh, should be our second free practice session for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. It's the Alan Jair Automotive Network 120 on Thursday, tomorrow. Uh, However... As you join us, rain is falling. I don't need to tell you that if you're here at the track, of course. But for those catching up or listening in further afield, uh, it is now officially very wet indeed. A little bit of drizzle at the end of the Porsche session. And we did have a couple of brave souls went out and tried some wet weather tyres. But I'm not sure that's going to be the case here. It's uh, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindorf in the IMSA Global Broadcast booth, IMSA Radio Global Gro- Broadcast booth. Uh, Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. Hopefully, Shea, staying out of, of the worst of the wet. We are in the, uh, the full pit lane, so there is a little bit of an overhang. That's properly wet down there now. It's very wet down here, John. Um, I've seen a lot of teams not even electing to roll their cars out onto the pit lane. It's been very squally today with lots of showers just rolling through sort of in a pattern. Looks like this squall is going to last a little bit longer. The sky is actually brightening up as the green flag is waving. There are a couple of cars that will brave it, including uh, two of the new BMW M4 GT4s. And we welcome in random vandals racing in the number 92, Paul Sparta. But it is Kenton Cook going out on the track first so uh, they are going to be braving it uh, I saw the Turner BMWs not yet out but we do have oh there we go uh, the Zebra car oh it's great so the right hand side of the number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW is in the grey fashion of a Zebra the left hand side of the car so if you're looking at it from the inside of the racetrack that looks like the traditional Turner colours and yeah. this of course is an homage to their uh, online racing livery that they do so good to see that they're back out but they are sitting in the pit lane as are most of the cars and you'll get a better view of people going around the track from the rooster tails than anything else I think John. Yeah we've, we've got a, a, more than a handful have gone out really? uh, led by that number 39 Jeff Westfall car uh, also going out the that's the 72 that I can see going down uh, towards yeah that's Kenny Murillo uh, that's gone out as well 56 has gone out Eric Voss to two Murillo cars and some I mean the front wheel drive cars Jeremy Shaw should be having a lot of fun uh, Tyler Maxson for Van der Stur Racing he's gone out on uh, presumably on some wet weather tyres indeed so and I would expect uh, the TCR cars with that front wheel drive probably to be quicker than anybody yes. in these conditions so they're probably uh, yeah, relishing that opportunity look the, the weather forecast for tomorrow is, uh, is pretty much perfect um, sunny skies and, and 80 degrees so uh, I don't think there's much chance of rain tomorrow. That's at least what we're what we're what we're being told right now by the uh, the weather forecasters. So there's really not a lot to be gained, therefore, uh, by going out in this session now. Other than drivers who, who maybe don't have much experience either in this car or in this track or or, or both. Uh, 
weather forecasters do have an easy t- uh, easy time of things. You know, much like uh, baseball players, you've only got to hit the ball half half a number of times. So you're at bat and you're in the Hall of Fame, aren't you? I think it's not even that much of a hit rate for a weather forecaster, uh, to be honest. But uh, yes, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, at RSL underscore studio for our wet coverage at IMSA Radio for all of the IMSA sessions. Hello to Matt Hunter, listening from a wet and chilly Devon in the southwest of the UK, where it's just after five o'clock after the end of the working day. No, I haven't shouted his name out before then. There are rooster tails. There is a little bit of standing water on the front straight. This is concrete, remember, old concrete. And uh, it's easy to see where the water is. It drains pretty well. If you get some cars out there and a bit of heat, it will dry up pretty quickly. But it is still raining at the moment. Matt Hunter saying, great to hear race cars in action again. Is isn't it? That WEC session. I'm sure you weren't listening whilst you were at work for that uh, that one, Matt. Full coverage all the way through. Double duty in the booth. And we saw all 42 cars out, Jeremy, didn't we, in that, uh, that last session? We did, yes. Um, and everybody did, uh, I think, a minimum of eight or ten laps. So uh, that's a goodly amount of running around here with lap times over two minutes, even in the dry. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, you, everybody seemed pretty happy. I don't think there were any major dramas in that first session. I had a quick run up and down the paddock, and uh, everybody I spoke to was uh, reasonably happy with the way things had gone. And, um, you know, and your drivers were bedding themselves in. Quite a few of them, uh, a few of them were here at the test back in February, the IMSA sanction test last month, but... Probably not even half the field were here for that one, but some of them have been here for, for additional testing as well. Um, so, you know, most of the teams have got some experience around here, but there's certainly several cars and drivers that are new to their to their cars for for, uh, for this event. So, you know, they need some familiarity time more with their car than the track. Uh, Shea Adam is going to talk to uh, some of the drivers, team owners, and frankly, anybody she can get her hands on down there as we <laughs> have 55 minutes in this session. Stephen McAleer is the first victim. He's, he's both. He's a driver and a team owner. So uh, first off, let's start as team owner. Um, the Mazda Cup race that we saw at St. Petersburg ended very badly for MMR racing, to, to put it bluntly. You had three cars that were involved in one wreck. How much work is it going to take for your mechanics to get the cars ready for the next round at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca? You know, we uh, it, that was a big day for us. And, you know, Chad and the guys at the shop are doing a great job. We're very lucky that we have decent time between now and uh, Laguna Seca. Um, I think if it had been further into the season, we would have been having an issue. Uh, we get a couple of backup cars just in case. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident we're going to try and test at the end of April at VIR. So Chad is a uh, full speed at the shop with these guys right now. As well as being a full speed racing driver against you again this weekend. And now you're coming in. Well, it's familiar turf for Chad because he won this race last year. He won the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge race here in a Mustang. But now with your team, how much different is this for you to all of a sudden keep an eyeball on what he's doing down there? Yeah, you know, it's obviously a car that I'm keeping eyes on for, for other reasons now that, you know, it's just my car. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting. You know, Jensen Altsman has, has been doing a fantastic job. 
I can see Chad walking towards me. Uh, you know, he's. Uh, I hope he's not going to in the rain. There's no point. But uh, you, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Sebring, we were really fast last year. Uh, unfortunately, we had a drive-through penalty for running the red light. And uh, I think if we had not done that, it would have been a different story at the front. So, you know, we should be up front tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to discuss if Chad and me are battling for the win, how that's going to play out. We'll, we'll make a decision on the fly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously pumped for those guys. And uh, I think we're looking good as well on this side. All right, taking off the team owner hat and now putting on the driver hat. Uh, you said there's no point in going out in this session. Why not? You know, if there was going to be rain tomorrow, I think everybody would be out here. You know, Sebring is obviously a spot where it can rain. Um, but as I had mentioned to you earlier, I get some time here a few weeks ago in the rain. I'm, I'm fairly confident if it rains, we would be, we would be strong. Um, you know, I think the teams that are out there running around are, uh, you know, guys probably just trying to learn the rain or, or, or you know, learn the car. But uh, risk versus reward for us, we're going to keep it parked unless we get a dry line out there. Very fair. Um, coming into this weekend, it's the exact opposite of championship-wise to where you were last year at this time, having won the race at Daytona, now back up against the wall. Nothing to lose, in effect. Does that make you even more dangerous coming into the race this weekend? Uh, you know, it... it we thought we were going to get that one at Daytona, and I think at the very minimum, based on the, the speed that the BGB car and Spencer had at the end, I, I think we would have been in that fight for, for sure, um, hopefully a little further up the field. So, yeah, we have, we have nothing to lose. I mean, I, I certainly don't want to come out of here with another DNF for doing something silly at the end of the race, but, uh, yeah, you can guarantee if we're, uh, if we're in the mix at the end, it's uh, gloves off, as they say. You know how to go well around Sebring, and you and Eric have really developed this friendship and driver bond. You've won a championship together now. What's it been like to work with him over the last couple of weeks in preparation for the season coming forward? You know, he's been incredible. Uh, you know, he's obviously a big-time a big time driver coach as well and does a lot of, uh, of coaching outside of here. And uh, the amount of time that he spends himself on the data and video looking from our sessions, uh, you know, it's actually really exciting. I mean, he... He wants this as much as I do, and uh, it's starting to show. He's starting to get really fast and, and certainly keep me honest on the racetrack. Um, so, yeah, we're excited. He'll qualify this weekend, and I'll finish. Good luck. Thanks, Shay. Very honest appraisal there, Jeremy, and pretty much what you'd expect from somebody who's as considered uh, as, as Stephen is down in the pit lane. What a career he's already had, and you might argue he's coming into his best years here. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, he's worked so hard, as has Eric, uh, to, to, to carve out a career for themselves. I mean, neither comes from, you know, particularly wealthy backgrounds, and they've had to work hard, so they appreciate all, all the opportunities that they've been able to create for themselves. That's really what it boils down to, and you know, my hat's off uh, to them for doing that. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of drivers in, in this field who, are, who you could paint with that same brush. I mean, the guys at the top of the charts right now, Kenton Cook, there's <laughs> another great example. Moved across the country. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, John Comest, well, yeah, Tim McAleer moved across uh, across the Atlantic. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, JCD Dubetz, uh, John Capestro Dubetz, who's second fastest at the moment in number 25 BMW. He's another guy who does a lot of driver coaching. Uh, 10, 12 years ago, he did some races in what is now the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series and was sort of gone from from big time racing for, for you know, more than a decade. But uh, last year, he got some opportunities for himself. The last couple of years, he got some opportunities for himself. And here he is again now back at this sort of level. And it's just great to see 
that drivers you know, are able to make things happen for, for themselves. This you know, coaching now is is a, a bigger deal than it ever has been in the past. With all the tools that are available yes. to the coaches to help their gentlemen drivers get better at something that you know, might for them be initially just be fun but can quickly become a passion yes and, and In, including uh, distance simulator work and things uh, like that a lot yeah. of people doing that now yeah yeah no it's it's pretty cool there's, there's certainly you know for somebody who wants to work hard you've got to work hard that's for sure uh, but uh, there are chances there uh, for opportunities to be uh, to be had well, and you talk about how hard people's got to work there, Jeremy. Look how deep this field is. Yeah. You know, we've got 41 cars. We've we've had probably just over a dozen out, and uh, nine of those have, have set times. Um, but there's a, a few more still to come back around and yeah. finish their outlaps, which is possibly slightly more than I thought we would see. But look through this 41-car field. I mean, there's there's quality all the way through it, both in GS uh, and in TCR. Would I like a few more TCR cars? Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll, I might 15. do. But, but yeah. we've got 15 yeah. regulars here. Yeah. And, you know, they provide us with some fantastic action. Yeah, they do. And, and you know, the, the thing about you know, GT4, which is GS as they run here in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, and TCRs, I mean, there's so many places to race these cars these days yes. uh, in this country. Um, and, you know, this, this, is the, uh, this is really the pinnacle that they have in terms of your race series and you're coming here to Super Sebring uh, to uh, to race with with this massive crowd with the WEC here as well you know it, it's 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 a fantastic event um, and you know that is why we see so many cars out here and and so many quality drivers as well i can still hear rain falling on the effects mics outside so the rain hasn't stopped at least uh, over by at turn yeah. four and sort of down light, by yeah, 17. Light sprinkles, isn't it? It's, yeah. not, it's not really a... Certainly, you wouldn't really call it a full-on rain, uh, probably, but uh, it's just it's just annoying. And it, I wasn't really expecting this today, I must admit. I don't think anyone was expecting this, Jeremy. It wasn't on the forecast. And for Christian Simchuk, you do still have your fire suit on. You got your racing boots ready to go. But the question is, are you going to actually get behind the wheel of the Marilla Racing Mercedes? I don't know. We'll see. I'm waiting for it to start snowing down here. It feels cold enough for it, honestly. This is one of those situations where we're not going to race in these conditions. We're not expecting to, at least. But as Jeff Mosing just said to me, grip forensics is what he's about to go do. You're learning something for the season going forward by running, right? Right, yeah. You know, it never hurts to get a little bit of time and, and try to figure out what this track is like in the wet to see, you know, where you can hit the brakes and where you might crash or whatever. So, yeah, it's good to do a little recon and... Try to figure out, figure out stuff about the track, and maybe you can learn something, and maybe it'll rain during the race, and that'll help you. Yeah, yeah. Daytona helped you guys as far as the championship run is concerned because coming out of it effectively, you're second in points. That's a very good starting point for the season. Yeah, we were over the moon with that result. We couldn't believe like how, how well we did. We were kind of thinking like if we get it top five, that would be amazing because we weren't thinking that we could win going in. Uh, but, you know... We got fourth, and that was, like, better than what we could expect. We, we, it felt like a win to us. Now, going forward, you and Kenny Murillo are obviously looking for wins, though, because last year you made it on the podium, but the top step. Why do you think Sebring is going to be a good track for the Mercedes? I think the, uh, I think the Mercedes AMG goes well around here. I think it's, um, it's a good handling car, and it's done well here in the past. So 
I think it's it's I think it's a good car to have here with all the, the technical bits and the tight turns, high tire wear. I, I think our car will do well here, you know, compared to like somewhere like Daytona where it's more high speed. But so yeah, I think we can potentially do really well. So fingers crossed. You're a man that we associate with getting a lot of pole positions. A couple years back, a few years back now at this point, there was a run of them, including Sebring, if memory serves correct. This is a place that you've done well at in the past. Are we going to see you out there for qualifying later, maybe? Hey, you know, um, that's uh, that's actually news to me. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I better, get, I better get ready. But, no, I think, uh, yeah, I hope, to, I hope to put in a good lap and, you know, you know, get the most out of the car. I think we got a good setup, and I think we're where we need to be. We didn't have a whole lot of time today with red flags, and now it's wet. So we don't know how, how it's going to shape up in, the, in qualifying. It might be wet, might be dry. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, get a good one in there and get lucky maybe. That'll be the same for everyone. Good luck later on, and even more so in the race tomorrow. Appreciate that today. Thank you. Yeah, again, very honest out there. With Shea Adam, with the rain still falling here for the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. Alan J. Automotive Network 120, free practice number two. Shea Adam in the pits, John Heinoff and Jeremy Shaw in the booth. Nice to have your company. I can only apologise to those of you here at the circuit listing either on the PA or on 100.9 FM. This was not what we were expecting today. Uh, we've had uh, 13, make that 14 cars out uh, on the circuit as Gavin Ernston goes out for a play in the Audi RS3 LMS number 61. That's the dark grey coloured car. Was just a little moment for Jensen Altsman over at turn 10 a few moments ago, but he uh, recovered the McCombie McAleer Racing Ford Mustang and has continued. Yeah, so against the team principal's uh, uh, advice there. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he's learning. He's learning a lot, is young Jensen. Um, coming up from Edomitsu Mazda. First season in the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. Did a good job of Daytona too. Didn't he? Mm. Didn't he? Do you know, it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes you can't always tell um, when people are coming up through the categories he's going to be good when they get a bit more power, a bit more downforce. And uh, Jensen always raced very well. He, I think by his own admission, he, he, he wasn't the best of qualifiers, so he tended to have to make up more in the race, but a solid top 10 finisher. And in the couple of seasons he spent in that championship, and if he learned nothing other than how to race wheel-to-wheel, well, trust me, in a bit too fast, MX-5, you certainly learned to have spatial awareness, and as Jeremy said, he was pretty good at Daytona, for his first time out in that Ford Mustang GT4. GT3 Mustang will be um, on the property here this weekend, I hear. Mm. We might see it unveiled publicly for the first time um, waiting to have that confirmed from the guys at Ford and Multimatic Lanky Turtle I'm sure will be hanging around on Monday and Tuesday when that car's slated to be doing some private testing so we might get some video of that car oh, okay. Shit, uh, Adam down in the pits 
Uh, isn't uh, Toyota and um, who is the other team? Corvette, maybe, doing private testing after uh, the Sebring 12 Hours event is over? I, I, th- I think there's a number of teams doing private testing. Ah, okay. I don't, th- I don't think it's um, exclusive, shall I say. Oh, well, that, that's very fair then if uh, people like to share the track and uh, it spreads out the cost of testing, so that's better for everyone. Monday, um, Tuesday, I believe. Monday, Tuesday. I have just been all the way down to the pit exit and more boxes up there are just being set up by IMSA teams and are not actively being used by Michelin Pilot Challenge teams, so that means that the majority of our teams are sort of uh, three quarters of the way down. So now I'll start walking back down there and see if I see anybody. Thanks, yeah. Auto Technic Racing's BMW G82 M4 GT4 JCD debates with the best time, Jeremy. Uh, 2.27. So what's that? About 18 seconds yeah. or so. Which is, um, yeah. the track's not, not that wet, in other words. I mean, that's, I it was 17 seconds in the, in, in the, in the, at the last knockings of the Porsche. Uh, session when Alex Sedgwick went it? out, okay. he was 17 seconds slower, and it, I would dare say it wasn't quite as wet as it is now. Actually, yeah. then, so that that would seem to be the same sort of progression in terms of uh, of what the rain is doing to lap times. I always loved going out when it was damp. <laughs> Do not mind the car moving around underneath you, and if it's a new car that you're not used to driving, which it almost always is for me, then. There's actually something a little bit confidence building if you know how the car's feeling when it starts to slide. Although, of course, the danger is that you uh, give the team rather more work than they want to. Daniel Morad goes to the top. 26-6. Still a lot of spray on the front straight and also running on that middle straight from under the Corvette Bridge at what is effectively turn six after the long left hand at turn five, all the way down to the hairpin at turn seven. Still a bit of spray there as well. And it is clearly still raining where our various effects mics are placed around the track. There's one just to turn uh, four, which is where Jensen Altman is now. That was his Mustang that you just heard in the background. Considerably quieter than it would be if it was on full bore. We've also got one down at turn 17. So Denny Dupont just gone out, I think, the uh, Belgian in number 15, Rockwell Auto Developments, Audi. That team runs uh, two cars in TCR, number 10, number 15. They, um, they're, they're both, well, at, at Daytona, they were both the DSG gearbox cars, the older version of the, of the Audi. Um, and uh, they got a fairly major knock on the uh, on the BOP for the beginning of this season. So the cars were, weren't really very competitive at all. They were a long way off. Uh, last year, Denny Dupont set fastest lap in two or even three different races during the season uh, with that uh, little team based out of New Jersey. But uh, the car, say, was off the pace there. So they've they put their heads together. They've come up with a, uh, a, sequ- a one of the sequential gearbox cars, which is actually the JDC car from last season, the one that Mikey Taylor and um, and Chris Miller drove to to win at was it Watkins Glen? Their win last year, I think, if I remember rightly. Um, so that car has a a winning prominence, and that is that car is actually going to be driven this weekend by uh, Denny Dupont in number fifteen, along with Nick, Nick uh, Loymans from uh, from Canada. 
uh, originally from Europe uh, also. Uh, so they're going to be driving the number 15 car. is going to be a sequential gearbox car. Number 10 car is the older DSG. It's Jeremy Short with me, John Heidoff, in the IMSA Radio Global Broadcast Centre for IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge, Alan J Automotive Network 120. That's the feature race on Thursday. Absolutely chocker on Thursday. From just after nine in the morning till just after nine at night. Long day for our volunteers, corner workers and marshals, and uh, also our medical staff. Got to say a big hello to Mike Rogers, who um, has stepped away from the safety team. Mike's been around a very long time, but I know he's here this weekend. So, Mike, thank you very, very much indeed for all of your hard work. Get to watch as a fan now. JCD Debets into the pit lane. And Chris Miller has gone out, as Jeremy mentioned. Yes, we're still Daniel Murad fastest then for Winwood Racing. Number 57, the Mercedes, a 226.6. That's six tenths quicker than uh, John Capestro Dubetz in number 25. That is the Autotechnic Racing BMW. And then two more BMWs behind him. The random, random Vandals car, the green and white car, number 92, with Kenton Cook, who's back in the pit lane. And then Sean Quinlan in the Stephen Cameron racing car, number 43. He's just gone back out on the track again. Fourth quickest at the moment, at 2 minutes 28.0. Just fractionally quicker than the Mercedes of Kenny Murillo in number 72, also back out on track. Looking a little bit brighter, isn't it? I love your optimism, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, he, he he has he has the optimism of a small boy. It's fantastic. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk to one of the stars of the VP Racing Fields races last weekend, uh, where we were in GT4 cars. They're called GSX in those 45-minute sprint races. Gregory Leofug is down with Shea Adam. Greg, it's slightly different track conditions to when you uh, cross the checkered flag line first. About, what was that, uh, four days ago at this point? Talk a little bit about the emotions of winning that race first. Uh, well, you know, it, it felt great um, to give the G82 M4 GT4 its first uh, win in North America. Um, we ran the race mostly to, uh, to set up for this race. Um, so that's definitely our main uh, target, is to be uh, as good as possible for this race. Um, so, you know, so far so good. Um, practice one, one went well, um, and we're just trying to get a little bit more. You could have, should have, would have won the first race as well. The tires were going off toward the end. Uh, there was late caution, a lot going on. But what did you learn from that first race that then helped you in the second and thus gave you a good setup for the car for this week? Uh, well, you know, we, uh, we just blew the front tires straight off the car and... In uh, race one, so that really was our um, our sign that we needed to uh, to rebalance the car a little bit. So that was definitely a good learning experience. You guys have run well here at Sebring in the past. This has typically been one of the stronger tracks for Stephen Cameron Racing. What is it about Sebring that just seems to work well for everyone? 
Uh, I think it plays into um, our strong suit in, uh, in the brakes and, uh, and the hairpins. So um, it's just a, feel, a track that feels good overall. Sean Quinlan out in the car now. Is he learning the M4 G82 for the first time in the rain? Yeah, you know, we, we tested a little bit between Daytona and, um, and Sebring, and unfortunately he was not able to attend. So he's still very new to the car, and uh, he's, he's uh, learning every lap. Um, tough conditions right now. Uh, the car feels very different than uh, our F82 from last year. So, you know, he's, he's still learning. And uh, believe it or not, in, in 12 years of coming here, this was really the first time driving Sebring in the rain. Um, and there's there's um, there's a lot of different pavements here and a lot of different lines. Um, so it, you know, coming up to speed uh, is a bit of a challenge here. Well, hey, thanks for the chat. Good luck this week. Thank you. Shit, Adam down in the pitlet. Yeah, that was an interesting couple of races for Craig in that Stephen Cameron car. He. I think he probably still would have won the first race if it hadn't been for the late race caution. He, I think he was managing that front tyre issue. He went out very, very quickly indeed, built up a lead, but then he had to manage it in the second half of the race. But when the, the caution came out and everyone was behind the safety car with, what, 10 minutes or so to go, he, he, he didn't have the tools to fight. Held on to second very well, actually, but didn't have the tools to fight. Didn't make the same mistake in the second race paced himself a lot better and then just drove away from the field. It was very, very impressive. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a much tougher field here this week, this, this weekend compared to last, that's for mm. sure. But uh, Greg, yeah, he's been around this sport a long, long time. He t- had some success here in the past as well. Back in 2015, he won the, uh, the Pilot Challenge race. It was in a, he was driving a Porsche Cayman then. Mm. Uh, but uh, he knows what it's like to get onto the top step of the podium here at Sebring and be looking to do that again. We've done it last weekend. We'll be looking to do it again tomorrow as well. It's weird, doesn't it, to be racing on a Thursday here, but of course that's what we're going to be doing here tomorrow for the um, two-hour race. Yeah, and, and those of you further afield and thinking, why don't we race on Sunday here? Well, it, it's a question that's been asked down through the years, and originally the WEC were going to race on the Sunday. But when you see the crowd here and when you see where they've come from and where their licence plates are from, Sunday is getting back home day um, for quite a lot of the crowd here. Uh, And yes, I'm sure some people would stay for races on Sunday, but there would be an awful lot of taillights that are disappearing out through the gates. Um, A lot of people like like to bring their RVs and come camping here and... It always struck me, since I've, I've been over here in the States since, what, 1998, 99 was the first season here. When people, when I say to people, so, you know, how, when people say, I come from such and such, and you say, okay, so how far is that? They never tell you in miles. They go, oh, that's 12 hours. And they talk about 12 hours of driving. They don't say it's 700 miles or, you know, 1,000 miles. No, it's, it's 15 hours. Yeah, it's just 15 hours. What we did, we, we split the driving between us. It's 15 hours. And that's what's happening on Sunday. Yeah. People, you know, party on Saturday night, see the end of the race, enjoy the Good fireworks, luck. head down, maybe have an adult beverage or two through the day, get up, make breakfast, pack the camp up, and they're off on the road home. Tradition. I mean, uh, absolutely. Tradition, tradition is still, still important, Dahlia. It's good, I agree. good to see. I agree. Really is. And, I, and it, look, it, you know, people have, have, have been here. Uh, there were some RVs here at the weekend that had access and were, were starting to park up. More are coming in now. More people are taking up their camping spots now. 
But if people are going to come in this early in the week, I think it's right and proper that we give them something decent for entertainment. Uh, if they're prepared to commit their most precious, uh, valuable, which is time, um, as well as the, the financial impact as well, then it's good that we've got, a, uh, what, four, four races tomorrow? Uh, three races tomorrow. Yeah, three races three and races some qualifying. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, three races and two sets of qualifying plus nighttime practice. That's a pretty full day. And, you know, for people who are, are, are getting in, who got in last night or are coming in this morning, we've got qualifying this afternoon to come. We've got more WEC. We've got the first WeatherTech sessions. Uh, and then all of that content tomorrow, pretty much 12 hours of track time uh, tomorrow. Where yeah, I think qualifying for wet tomorrow as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, qualifying for WEC and qualifying for, for IMSA and, and I, I think oh, no, it's on, that's on Friday Friday yeah. sorry yes that, you're absolutely right that's before the, the thousand miles so I mean plenty going on today plenty going on tomorrow I, I think 15 minutes is about the biggest gap between the sessions tomorrow and, and again I applaud and re- I, I sincerely thank our corner workers marshals and those people who are volunteering to help out in whatever capacity you are doing um, this weekend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because it takes, whether say it takes a village here, it's a small town actually, <laughs> to put this on. So thank you very much to everybody. So we've had now 16 cars, is that now 15 cars? 16 cars out. and 16 not- plus two more have been out of the pit lane and... Not yet, and thought, uh, uh, no, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Fastest time is now Bryce Ward in the number 57 Winwood AMG GT4. Lovely to have Bryce racing again. Uh, 2.26.661. Yeah, that was the time set by uh, Daniel Morrow. That was Daniel that set yeah. that, was it? Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Bryce will be getting his uh, little bit of taster as well in these sort of conditions. And, and as... as uh, we heard uh, Christian Shimzak say, you know, it's a good opportunity. Uh, you might not be learning anything for tomorrow, but you could, could potentially learn something that will help you toward the rest of the, for the rest of the season. So uh, that's why it was interesting to get those perspectives on whether you go out in this session or whether you don't. Uh, and for Bryce, look, you know, he doesn't uh, drive all that much. Um, so a good opportunity just to, to, you know, to, to feel what this track is like in different conditions and you know the car will slowly slide around a lot more than in a wet than it would in a dry but uh, as you were saying john it, it just you know having the car sliding and having the confidence to, to to push the car to limits in these conditions certainly helps you with your overall uh, level of confidence share adam in the uh, IMSA Radio uh, Meteor Centre. Cher, what's the latest <laughs> on the weather? Uh, just looking at the radar, John, it looks like the last little bit of rain has moved through for now, and we might be getting a potential situation where the track starts for the first time drying. Yeah. Uh, I've just seen some sticker tires being put on the wall for one team that shall remain nameless for now, <coughs> Corm. Mustang. Uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've put tires up on the wall getting ready. So potentially we could be seeing that 59 Mustang going out with uh, some dry tires. But I think we're still probably 10 or 15 minutes away from yeah, that situation. Yeah. So they're slicks that they've put up on the wall, have they? Yep, with stickers. What? Brand wow. new. Ooh. New, new. New, new. Um, the more cars that are out there on the Michelin wet weather tires, the quicker it will dry up. It, it, it isn't. Um, 
it isn't cold, cold. Cher uh, will it's argue chilly. with me. I'll argue with, with you too. Oh, Jeremy. <laughs> um, on, on track, it's uh, 63 Fahrenheit. So the, the, the track temperature has dropped uh, to, I mean, that's still 17 Celsius. And in the air, it's 55. That's 13. 13 is me wearing shorts and a T-shirt back at home. Soon, soon as you get to eight or nine, it's motorcycle weather, and thirteens definitely get you. If it's, even Nick Dearman would get his bike out at thirteen, as long as it wasn't raining, he's 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 not he's not happy in the rain. Mind he does ride a two hundred and thirty horsepower, something ridiculous, two hundred and twenty horsepower, two hundred and thirty, hundred ninety kilo bike, sorry, something like that, which is um, a bit like lighting the blue touch paper on a Roman candle and putting your leg over the top of it to be honest yeah not too bad it should my point is that it's it's good drying weather there's a bit of a breeze not much but there's still a little bit of residual temperature in the concrete and if it does stop raining and we can get some cars going around then the opportunity for this to be much drier in the uh, middle of the afternoon sessions is certainly there, as long as we don't get any more precipitation. Still got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I still think we've got ten cars out on the circuit. Slowly, but surely, drying it off. Kenny Marillo's just gone back out again in the AMG GT4 number 72 for Marillo Racing. Let's go back down to Shea, who's... Uh, spotting people down there in the rain, sheltering. Yeah, Mikey, uh, hiding under the JDC awning. You guys are fairly new to this car, so is this the first time you've run it in rain for the Audi? Well, we did a couple laps at Daytona, but I, I personally didn't want to run in the rain because it's so beautiful with the new liquid molly livery that I just want to keep it back in the paddock, but Chris wanted to give it a go, so we're going to do a couple laps out there. The car looked very strong in its debut at Daytona. It didn't have the ultimate result that you were looking for, but very close as far as the lap times were concerned. Why do you think the car will be strong at Sebring? Well, you know, it was a new car to us, and I think that we, we were just trying to, you know, learn through some of the, the new components and everything and just figure out where it likes to work best. And Daytona is a long race, so there's a lot of attrition to it, and we just <laughs> didn't really have it at the end. But uh, we'll be good here, I think, and, um, yeah, I think we should be pretty strong. Is it a difficult day? Because the practice session, the first one, there were many red flags. This one, you've got the added uh, moisture that's causing an effect out here. And then qualifying later before going into the race tomorrow. It's a super tough schedule, especially for us. We didn't come testing out yet like a lot of teams did. So we're showing up here with a brand new car that we, we haven't really run anywhere other than Daytona. So it's, it's pretty challenging for us. And now throwing in the rain, we're not being able to test everything we wanted. So it's going to be challenging for Chris heading into qualifying. Is Chris going to be the only one who drives the session, or are they going to give you a go? Uh, hopefully not. I'm pretty warm over here, so I, I'd like to stay here, but I'll probably hop in at the end. Well, good luck uh, tomorrow in the race. Thank you. Uh, feature race tomorrow is the Allen J Automotive Network 120. Two hours for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. We'll have it all live here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV as well. No blocks, uh, no breaks for that. I hope you can join us uh, and we'll have uh, a number of the other events as well. If you go on to imsaradio.com 
scroll to the bottom of any of the pages, you'll see the live broadcast schedule. It auto-converts into your time zone. And if there's a little TV, a little old-fashioned TV symbol alongside it, then that, that means there's video for you as well. Still 22 minutes remaining here, Jeremy, and still people going around, which is, uh, which is good. And I think we're hearing some new engines firing up as well. So maybe, uh, I think maybe the last 10 minutes we might see a few more people out if they decide to stay in the pit lane that long. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think, uh, you know, the precipitation does seem to have uh, ceased now, doesn't it? And uh, we're seeing you know, a couple of faster times. Now we've just got a purple sector. I oh, know that's, that's the car that's already in the pit lane. A uh, couple of uh, personal improvements on this lap. Kenny Marillo is going a little bit quicker through sector one. And Brian Ortiz just went a bit quicker in TCR. Uh, a 235.6 for him. It's the quickest of the TCR cars that have been out. And there's been what, six TCR cars out during this uh, 40 minutes so far. So, uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, yeah, we're not going to give it down to, to dry weather time, so it's a fair bit of spray as we can see them coming underneath mm. the Corvette Bridge. Uh, a couple of cars going through there now, so it's still pretty damp out there. Cher, with some disappointment in her voice, has just told me on the top back, the Mustang has put their sticker tyres back on the trolley. <laughs> so they've made the... Uh, They've, they've made the call that it isn't going to get uh, dry enough for them to want to risk a new set of tyres. New fastest lap in TCR, albeit in the wet, for Brian Ortiz for the Van der Stur Racing Elantra. That's the number 91 car with the storied history. Uh, 235.159. I, I, like you, Jeremy, to think the TCRs might be a little bit closer to the GS-run uh, cars here. Uh, there must be still a little bit of grip out there. Normally, your front-wheel drive cars, they'll cut through the wet once you get them turned in and pointing in the right direction, front to back them in in the wet, and then just get the throttle on. But again, it's a free practice session. If this was a race or qualifying, maybe it would be a slightly different story. Now, just having gone out a couple of laps ago... The Turner Motorsports 96 and 95 have gone out. And Robbie Foley is in the number 96. About to go out. Excuse me. Share Adam down in the pit lane. You're down at Turner Land. I just was walking by and noticed that the cars had uh, number panels lit up on the side. And yes, Robbie Foley is aboard the 96. Rob McGinnis is aboard the number 95. So both of these BMWs ready to roll. Robbie is actually creeping forward. There we go. Before he was cleared to go out on the track. And now also leaving is the 25 Auto Technic BMW. Once again, I think that's still JCD behind the wheel there. And right behind the 96 goes the sister car. So we have three BMWs line astern out on the race course. And they're all the G82s. That's the newer version. JCD it was, good a helmet spot for Auto Technica, who goes out onto the circuits. Second quickest time for that car. Let me just scan down and see if she was right with the other drivers. Yes, absolutely she was. Why did I doubt? I didn't doubt, I was just checking. Before she's too late, she's already been here. <laughs> 
never never doubt the sheer um, never doubt the sheer definitely so Jeremy coming out of Daytona we sort of we had a great race at Daytona in the four hours and we have two hours here tomorrow uh, the season well and truly underway and it looks like we've got another cracking season in both categories for IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, looking back at that first race at Daytona, the uh, the winners of that race was the two uh, NASCAR regulars, Zane Smith and Harrison Burton. They won the race at Daytona, so lead the championship in GS for the uh, Multimatic uh, Ford Mustang team. But they're not going to be here this weekend. They've got other duties elsewhere. Uh, it was never going to be a full season challenge for uh, those teams. So the the, the 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 car that finished second at Daytona is the uh, number 83 BGB racing Porsche Cayman. That would be Tom Collingwood and Spencer Bumpelli, who was quickest for a goodly while this morning. They will, will effectively lead the the point standings coming into this weekend, at least for those of the cars that are here. So if the second place finish at Daytona last time out. Also, the car that finished rounded out the podium was the, the second of the, the the NASCAR Ford connections, Haley Deegan and Ben Rhodes. They finished third. They're not going to be here either, but Kelly Marillo and Christian Shimjak, from whom we heard a little while ago, they finished fourth and are looking to uh, get themselves right up into maintain their championship challenge here at Sebring this weekend. A couple of improvements there. Chad McCombie goes, uh, he's, he's completed 11 laps in that number 13 Ford Mustang, well, he and Jason Altsman between them, he's just improved to 228.3. Also, Preston Brown in the number 10 Rockwell Auto Development Audi. That's the DSG car, 238.3. That's fourth quickest of the six cars that have been out in TCR. Still to come later on this afternoon. Uh, we have the qualifying for Porsche Carrera Cup and then qualifying for Michelin Pilots Challenge. We'll round off the day's action. And we have our first WeatherTech session tomorrow at 10 past 10 here at local time after the first of the Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup races. This is uh, only 40 minutes this weekend. Here. More IMSA practice for the WeatherTech. Another Porsche race. And some qualifying from the FIA WEC as well as the Allinger Automotive Network 120. Two hours. That's uh, starts at 20 past 1. So, Shea Adam. You did say that the 91 was fastest, right? The Hyundai Elantra from Vanderster Racing? Yes, it was. Yeah, Brian yeah. Ortiz. Uh, it's in the pit lane, and yes. they just pulled off the wet weather tires, and they were taking a no. very close look at the left front tire as if they want to change the camber slightly because okay. you can see more clearly the tread wear rate on the wet weather tires than you can on the dries, That's but they are doing a slight setup change on the front of this car to both sides now, and... Uh, they're putting the wet weather tires back on, so they're not they're not going to slicks yet. No, no. 
racetrack in front of us. It's still pretty pretty wet out there, isn't it, John? And still yeah. a fair bit of spray being thrown up by the cars. There goes uh, Chad McCombie again, faster again. This time a 2.27.9 now for Chad. Number 13, that white and blue Ford Mustang heading around turn one. Make the point that there's no intermediate tyres here, Jeremy. It is Good slicks point. or wets. It might be, if there were intermediates, it might be intermediates. Yeah. But it's not even Jack Miller from MotoGP, who is renowned for being the first person on the slicks, will be out there on slicks at the moment. <laughs> not even on four wheels. Never mind, too. But yeah, that is still just a little bit too damp. Although I'm hearing engine noise more than the pitter-patter of rain on our effects mics now. Yeah, there's more blue sky over there as well, isn't there, to the... Uh well, Shea Adam is looking down at some teams who believe... Oh, I hear air wrenches. What's going on? Oh, well, there are already slicks on the 95 Turner <laughs> Motorsport BMW. That's Rob McGuinness. And the other Rob, Robbie Foley, is getting a set of what looks to be fairly new uh, Michelins going on the 96 as well. So Turner Motorsport being the first one to dive in. Right. And they were used... Let me, let me walk up closer and... Uh, no, they look pretty new. They All look right. new. I'm going to say new. Okay. Thank you, Shit. Well, again, there's heat. There's still heat in the track. 63 Fahrenheit or 17 Celsius on track, officially. So what I don't know is where that is measured. And I, I, I brought this up earlier on when the sun was out a little bit as to the difference between quite light coloured concrete and dark coloured asphalt so I'll, I'll, I'm, I may have to ask that question and find it out so cars going towards the end of the pit lane and having just gone out Mikey Taylor for Unitronics it does look sharp that car because it can uh, understand why it doesn't want to get it dirty because that uh, <laughs> red white and blue car for the number 17 really does look sharp. Doesn't Pops, it? doesn't it? Mm. So Mikey Taylor thought he was going to get to stay in the warm, but he has been thrown out into the race car. And off he potters around the circuit. He's at uh, tower turn now, turn 13. Obviously, we can, we've got the advantage of having some locked-off TV cameras. It still looks pretty damp and treacherous at certain parts of the the track, not least heading down into turn one, which is fearsome enough to be quite honest, it looks like the worst of the rain had blown in through probably through turn 16, 17 area across the, the Ullman Strait but there's certainly far less spray being thrown up now by the cars that are out there, Jeremy Yeah, I think so, and uh, Preston Brown, he's just uh, improved his time in number 10 DSG Audi, car number 10, second fastest then in TCR, 236.5. So he clipped a bit of part of a second off last time around. He's now just over a second behind Brian Ortiz, who is quickest in that number 91 car for Van der Stur Racing. Brand new car to that team, to, to the Van der Stur team for this event. That number 91 car is, is raced previously by the Brian Herder Autosport team it ran as the number two car last year and also ran as the number one for Michael Lewis and Taylor Hagner in the opening round at Sebring since then the uh, defending two-time series champions Taylor Hagner and Michael Lewis they've got a, a new body shell on their car for this weekend so that 
uh, left uh, this this car free to go over to Van der Stur Racing, and they're going to be running with uh, Brian Ortiz uh, in that car for uh, for the you know I think for the rest of uh, the uh, of the season, and uh, he's got Tyler Maxson alongside him. A very talented youngster is Tyler. Uh, he finished fourth place with the Daily Racing team in the opening round at Daytona, but switched across to Van der Stur Racing from here on in. Uh, Shea Adam watching carefully as to what tyres are coming off, going on, going on, coming back up again. Where are you now? Um, next to Sean Quinlan's car. This is the 43 for Stephen Cameron Racing, the BMW, the, the new body shape, so the G82. It looks as if they sent him out on some used slick tyres for a lap and then came back in and decided, nope, still too wet. Let's put the wet weather tyres back on. So it's the used wet weathers that have just gone back onto that BMW. I think I'd be tempted when you've got conditions like this to run a set of wets and I know we haven't necessarily got any forecasted rain tomorrow but run a set of wets down a bit so that they're not far away from being intermediates <laughs> just in case you ever need them and just wear them down a bit they're incredibly durable these mission and wet tyres which is why in some respects why we don't have intermediates to be honest it's obviously there's cost implications but also because the the crossover these tyres go these wet weather tyres go well into what we might have considered intermediate territory a few years ago uh, and the slicks go the other way we did have tyres for GT Le Mans cars that Michelin called hybrids and we um, rather naughtily nicknamed slick intermediates because they were somehow no treads but moved water still don't understand how it did that not, not entirely certain uh, Mikey Taylor uh, then having been awoken from his slumbers not that he was but he'd been thrown out of the warmth that he was happy in has just gone quickest in the TCR category with a 2.33.6. And all of a sudden, that's a big chunk of time starting to come out of what's going on. And Kenny Marillo's come down to a 25.4. So that's 1.2 seconds quicker than the previous quickest lap. So the conditions, if still not perfect, Jeremy, are certainly improving at a rate of knots. Yeah, now that, you know, this, it's definitely a lot brighter now. There's more blue sky around. There's a little bit of... Well, almost sun poking through, not quite perhaps, but uh, it's certainly a lot brighter now, and yeah, it's uh, but it's it's still relatively cool, still, isn't it? So it's certainly take a while for the track to dry out. We won't be getting anywhere near those times that were set earlier in the day in the first practice session, but uh, I think we're going to see times tumbling now if people elect to go out for this final sort of seven and a half minutes or so. I thought we might get ten seconds, uh, ten seconds, ten minutes of of meaningful running. I think it's going to be quite a lot uh, less than that. Far fewer minutes out there on the circuit. So 2.25.427 for Marillo Racing's AMG GT4. That's the time to beat at the moment in GS and in uh, TCR. It's the 2.33. Uh, Preston Brown, Rockwell Autosport, just did a 36.4. That's improved that car's best time in this session by quite a margin. 
air temperature actually warming up now as soon as that cloud started to clear and Jeremy's right it has brightened up a lot and there are some patches of blue between the cloud weather seems to be blowing in from across uh, turn 17 and that's where the good weather now is coming from from the sunset area so from over at the west so turn 7 should be getting quite nice weather as well at the moment I think that's where it first started drizzling as well 17 and 7 suggesting it was coming from the western side of the circuit as so much of the prevailing weather does do here Brian Ortiz improves again a 31-5 and that takes him into 10th place Mikey Taylor Just, improves yeah. 31-9 so Brian and Mikey in respectively the Hyundai and the Audi setting quicker times and getting among some of the GS times Nobody yet has beaten that uh, 25-4. Looks like Kenny Marillo's pitted. Yeah, he has. He's in the pits, just gone underneath us there. 225-427. And Kenny's gone, yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm happy with that. Let's park it. Always better to do that than think, I'll just do one more lap. Yeah. <laughs> How many times has that happened yeah. down through the years? It happens a lot, particularly in, in practice or in test sessions. I'll oh, just do one more run. One more run, yeah. yeah. End of the day. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can't just put those old tyres back on. I'll just give it one more go. <laughs> <laughs> so down into the Brian last uh, five minutes. Both, both improving on, on, the, mm. on the first sector on this next lap for them. Brian Ortiz has done 16 laps in this session. His first time back in a front-wheel drive car for for, uh, for, for a few years. Uh, he's had success in the past. He's driven Hondas to uh, mm. to good effect in the past. But last year drove Lamborghinis in the Lamborghini Super Terrain and with MX-5 Cup he's done a lot of that over the last few years as well. So he was uh, looking forward to getting back in the in the groove with a front-wheel drive car and certainly seems to be doing so very, very well in this damp session right now I don't want to two we people got, beginning yeah. to put their heads out have we got, the well, have we got any GS cars out we've just got JC Dubetz has just gone back out yeah in number 25 car. I think that's the only GS cars out there at the moment and then uh, or maybe another couple farther down where's McGuinness I can I can hear the torches two Turner cars are they still out on the track mm. I don't think so they um I can hear the tortured sounds of two litre engines in our effects mics. GCD coming off turn four, I think. Yeah, there he goes. Has he improved? He hasn't. Oh, that was an outlap. That's yeah. his outlap. Okay. He'll get one more, possibly two. Yeah, yeah, he just went purple in sector two on that lap uh, and the personal best in sector three for number 25, Autotechnic Racing BMW. Let's see what he can string together here. Mikey Taylor into the 230s now, 230.6 for Mikey. And the best of the TCR cars, number 17. Coming down to the last knockings, just on uh, three minutes to go. Coming up after the short lunch break, we will have the qualifying 
for Carrera Cup. Let's uh, just quickly grab a word with Daniel Morad, who was uh, quickest uh, earlier on before it started to dry up. Well, Daniel, the great news is that uh, you've got a quick car in the wet. The bad news is it doesn't look like it's going to be wet for the race tomorrow. What did you guys learn from this session that might help you going forward in the season? Uh, I learned that being in the car is a lot warmer than being out of the car. So that's a positive. Um, And it's a lot drier. Um, Yeah, I mean... You never know with the weather. It was supposed to be dry today, and it, it rained. So um, we're just preparing and um, getting Bryce some laps. I did a few laps early on, and I felt, I felt happy with that because it was really, really conservative, and we had six tenths in the field. So, um, yeah, the car's great. The windward guys put, put a good car together every time we hit the track, and I love the wet. I, I wish it was raining, but, you know, I also want it to be warmer. <laughs> You're a guy whose background comes from GT3 Cup racing in Canada, a champion up there. What do you think about the field that we've got this year for the Carrera Cup North America, the Deluxe Carrera Cup North America? 41 cars. That's got to get your blood going, too. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's obviously where I uh, restarted my career after a four-year break, and it was the catalyst to getting back to where I am now. And, um, yeah, great series. A lot of friends in the series as well. A lot of kids I've seen actually growing up through karting. Now I feel old. I'm 32 and I feel like an old man. Uh, I'm sorry to anyone older than me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's okay. Bryce is in the car. He can't hear you. <laughs> yes, that's true. Although Bryce, I'm, I'm, I've been sim racing with Bryce a lot recently. And it's actually really cool because, I mean, Bryce is 65. He just celebrated his 65th birthday on Monday. And you know how he spent his birthday? On the sim, driving with me. And he called me a moron, too. So uh. <laughs> no. He's the team owner. He's allowed to do that. We, we have a great relationship. Um, it's really cool. They've, they've really brought me into their family. And Windward is a family at the end of the day. It's a father-son team, and they treat everyone like family. I feel really welcome, and I'm so happy to be here with these guys. And with Mercedes as well. It's a brand that's taken me in as well with open arms, and it's in a good place. I'm happy. Can tell. Congratulations on uh, spending the birthday with Bryce. That's big. I'm sure his family's jealous, but hey, or envious. I can already hear John in my ear correcting me. Hey, good luck this weekend. Thank you. See ya. You, uh, I didn't need to. You corrected yourself. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Cher. Shout up down there in the pit lane. Checkered flag is out. Jesse DeBetta improved to second place with a 2.26.3. And he's got this lap to go. He's only about halfway around it. Coming to the line next will be the... Where are they? Oh, there we are. The 15. Uh, that is uh, Nick Lugmans from Rockwell. Uh, he comes out of the final corner now in his Audi. He has got next to his name a 238.2. Sat for 25 minutes and improves to second in TCR with a 230.606. Next up. And surely an improvement with the track conditions getting better all the time. Robert McGuinness for Turner Motorsport in the GT4 BMW M4. Having to shade my eyes as I look outside. There is a bit of sun there. Here comes Robert. Oh, he must have pitted. Yes, he did. All right, let's wait for the 25. JC D goes through and improves to a 25.551. So misses out on being quickest in that session by just a tenth and a quarter. Kenny Marillo and Marillo Racing, the number 72 Mercedes, ahead of the pack. 
in a damp, very wet actually, and then drying session. Murillo from Autotechnica, 72 from 25. Uh, Mercedes from BMW. And then Mercedes BMW, Winwood and Random Vandals with McCumbie McAleer, Stephen Cameron Racing, Murillo Racing, Van der Stur Racing in your top eight. Then the best of the TCRs making uh, the taking the advantage of a drying track, Mikey Taylor for Unitronics and the Rockwell car as well. Also out there, the two Audis with Brian Ortiz in third position. That's how it stands then at the end of the final practice session. It's qualifying for these cars next in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge for the Alan J Automotive Network 120. Our feature race tomorrow will be setting the grid later on and it'll all be live here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.